grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to start things off this morning with a riddle where I want you to tell me what it is that I am describing. I consider it both a necessary evil and the key to unlock your every dream. Though in great demand, I'm always in short supply. I've gone by many different names, yet am always the same. What am I? Have you been able to figure it out in the few seconds I've given you to think about it so far? If you want a hint, here's one. Each of our three readings this morning has talked quite a bit about the answer to the riddle. And if you're guessing the word money, you would be correct. You see, money is something that we are familiar with, the fact we need in order to live, yet we often have a love-hate relationship with it because of all the division and discomfort that it broods. In fact, I'm guessing any one of us said if we had our choice, well, we would get rid of this entirely because of all the sadness and the hardship that can come if it is used in a non-God-pleasing way. And while people may think that money is inherently good or evil, that's not the case. Rather, it's just a resource, a tool to serve a purpose that you have in mind. Even something as godly as the purpose of serving our Lord. As Christians, we know that we are saved by Jesus Christ and what he has done. And out of thanks for what all he has given to us, we want to live for him. We want to serve him with everything we have, including the blessings that he has given to us. And it's also here that we can consider how can we use this tool that is so ripe for misuse as we seek to serve God with money. Our verses this morning from 1 Timothy gives us a number of details about how we may do so. How it starts off with an attitude that is content with what the Lord has already given to us, assured that we cannot serve both God and money, but only God is who we serve so that we may view money as that tool that is intended to be. With content hearts, we then can use this money to serve our Lord. As we seek to love our neighbor and so complete our godly enjoyment, as we show him our thanks in these very real and realistic ways. If you were to define the word contentment, it would be harder to do something better than this as being satisfied with what God has already blessed you with. I'm partial to that definition myself, at least for a few reasons. One is because it puts the focus on God and what he does for us. And that's always a good place to start with anything. Secondly, it, opens, it keeps the door open for the Lord. So if he wants to bless us with more blessings, we'll gladly accept it. But if he chooses not to, we don't hold it against him either. But, but here's the key thing to contentment, is that it is an attitude, a mindset that each and every person can have regardless of how richly the Lord has blessed them. Because they have what the Lord wants them to have. However, when that contentment is lacking, that's then when you can see how the love of money can step in. 
to try to fill that hole, to bring you that contentment. Why, with money, you can buy those desired possessions and those memorable experiences to make you feel whole that you are truly enjoying all that life can offer to you right now and in this moment. With money, you often get respect. Because at least in America, we equate riches with success. And you must be doing something right if you have riches. And who doesn't like to be respected by other people? Or perhaps we seek that sense of contentment for future days by building up that nest egg, by building up that rainy day fund, a love of money so we can get such a wide amount so we can weather any storm that comes across us to know that I'm good to go and got nothing to worry about because of what I got for me in the bank. With this lack of contentment, we often come to one of the most misquoted verses of the entire Bible, where it goes like this. For the love of money is a root of all sorts of evil. You'll notice that says that is the love of money, not money in and of itself, that is our source of many evils. While indeed there are other sources that lead to sin, a love of money is one that certainly contributes to that. The, the greed and envy and coveting that is part and parcel of the love of money so we easily fester into those sins of stealing, dishonest dealing, bodily harm, and slanderous words. The time and attention the person once put to God and his word has now been redirected in a wrong way to money and what it offers. And how easily that love of money can send somebody off on a path that is fraught with traps, temptations, foolish and harmful desires, and if left unchecked, to ultimately leave you in the destruction and ruin of hell itself. You see, if you have a love of money, you can't serve both God and money. There's only one. And we know who that master truly is. And I'm certain you can think of any number of people whose lives have gone from good to complete worst all because it started with the love of money. And where did that love of money probably come from? For not being content with what God has already blessed them with. However, let me ask about you. Are you content with what God has already blessed you with? Do you have a love of money residing in some part of your heart? If we're being honest with ourselves, there's at least some love of money within each and every one of us. Because we always want more than what we currently have. We live in a materialistic society that finds its value in the possessions and the things that we have around us. Bombarded by advertisements for the next best thing. And until you have it, well, you are missing out. And you better get that as soon as you can. We fall for money's false allure and its promise that if I just get this one thing, then I'll be satisfied. But that one thing becomes another one thing to be another one thing, and you never reach the end of that progression. Or perhaps we see how the troubles are happening in this world, and it seems that those who are rich, they're above it all. Their lives are seemingly more peaceful than the rest of us common people. 
so that love of money sets in, to get the same riches that they can, so we can preserve ourselves and our life and to have that peace, forgetting that there is just as much of a lack of peace among the rich as there are among the abject poor, even though the reasons may vary very differently. You see, while we may struggle the we may struggle to be content. The problem does not lie with our God because he's failed to give us something so that we can be content. Rather, he's given us everything we could ask for to be content. Why, in our verses, we heard that if we just have something as simple as food and clothing, with this we can be content. And as I look across the crowd this morning, I see that we have at least food and clothing this morning. We know our Lord loves us. He gives us more than just the bare necessities of survival. Who blesses us with far more so that we have our choice of food from around the world right at our fingertips. And I'm guessing you have at least some sets of clothing stored in your closet from a fashion of a while ago in sizes that don't fit you so much anymore. Some of us, the Lord is even blessed so richly, that the question now becomes, how do I wisely manage all of the blessings that God has given me? Because I'm well above that survival level. You see, our Lord has blessed us in so many great and wondrous ways that we indeed have every reason to be content, but not just for the reasons with the blessings that we can see with our eyes, but also for the blessings that we cannot see with our eyes how our Savior paid the price for our sins in a currency far more valuable and costly than anything we humans could derive. With the very blood, suffering, and death of Jesus that paid for our sins in our place so that there is nothing left for you and for me to suffer or to pay or to do to be right and saved in God's sight. To this day, God continues to give us these blessings to take away our each and every sin even when we yet again fail to be content and we serve money because of a love of money. These blessings that are given to us in full measure. And you can be certain that the Lord will continue to do so simply because of his love for you and his promise to do so. You see, we have every reason to be content. That attitude that no matter how richly the Lord has blessed us, to have the attitude that we are satisfied with what the Lord has already given to me because it is more than we could ever ask for and certainly more than what we deserve. And when it comes to serving God with money, that's the starting point. A heart that looks at money not as the master whom I serve but as a resource to serve my Lord with in whatever amount that he's given it to me. With hearts in the right place, we then consider how can we serve God himself with these blessings that we have. Our verses from 1 Timothy gives us a number of examples, specifically the second half of the verses, where it starts off by being addressed to this group of people. To those who are rich in this present age, would you include yourself among that group of people? If not, 
let me show you why these words can be spoken even to you. Because in fact, these words are addressed to each and every person in one way or another. As Americans, the Lord has blessed us with so many riches that we often confuse what our wants and our needs actually truly are. And globally speaking, there are billions of people who would love to make the starting minimum salary for the federal poverty rate, which is $13,590 a year for a one-person household. That's not much by our standards, but by others, whew, that's a good way of living right there. But regardless of what our annual income is or is not, we also have the universal principle given to us concerning our use of money. What was spoken to us in our gospel this morning, where Jesus said, the person who is faithful with very little is also faithful with much. And the person who is unrighteous with very little is also unrighteous with much. Whether or not we consider ourselves rich is besides the question. Instead, let us listen to these inspired words so we can serve God with the blessings that he has given to us. Because there are a lot of ways that we can go about wrong <laughs> to serve our Lord with our blessings. One way is to think that we can somehow split the difference. Maybe we can serve ourselves in some way as well as serving God, perhaps by becoming arrogant, to think highly of ourselves because of what we have. Maybe the Lord has blessed you with those financial skills so you can make much more than what you were given in the first place. And maybe there's that tendency to be arrogant. To look at those who you came from, who had the same set of blessings, and yet look where you are. You are well beyond them, and you've done something quite well. How easy is it to take that to heart and to forget the one who made that possible in the first place. Or to be arrogant in the sense of the status symbols that we buy so that we can purposely show them off and to get the public accolades that decked out vehicle with all the bells and whistles that you've been dreaming for of a long time. The latest fashions from countries that I have never even heard of and styles that I don't even know exist in the first place are maybe those rare refreshments that you only hear about in books and movies and in your home. Another common way to mistakenly use our blessings to serve God is to put our hope for the future in its uncertainty of riches. Don't get me wrong, it's nice to have that rainy day fun so you can weather those, weather, weather those storms coming up ahead of you, but that's not a foolproof plan. A drop in the market, a devastating war, historic inflation, a bad investment, and all those riches whew, can go just like that. And we need not remind ourselves of how riches can do little to prevent accidents or health issues. Instead, let us put our trust in a much more certain hope in our God. For it is He who will always and richly supply us with all things so we may use these blessings the way that is truly in keeping with His word. Our Lord is a much more certain guarantee than any amount of riches because he promises that he will provide for our every need. Just listen to Matthew chapter 6 where Jesus tells you not to worry 
because he will take care of what you need. And if you doubt how that can happen going forward, remember also this. Our Lord, he's not capped by budgetary amounts and what you have put aside for whatever purpose. He can go beyond that. After all, if he can feed 5,000 plus people with just five loaves of bread and two fish, he will take care of you in your every need, no matter how much is to your name or not to your name in the future. But our Lord has blessed us in more than just those physical ways. Think back to those spiritual blessings, that forgiveness, that love, joy, peace, salvation, the certainty of heaven itself. These are blessings that money could never, ever buy that are given to you and to me free of charge through faith to each and every believer. It is this God in whom we trust above all things. So we look upon the blessings that he gives to us. We can use them for the purpose that they were given for our godly enjoyment. We can rule out that enjoyment that comes from sin because it's sinful. And certainly that's not God-pleasing. And this is more than just the enjoyment that we get from our rest and relaxation from free time. There's nothing wrong in enjoying some personal time or buying a, a gift for yourself. After all, that's why God has given us some of his blessings, to delight in them. But this full enjoyment comes when we become the Lord's helping hand, friendly face, encouraging voice, a word of forgiveness spoken to our neighbor. For it's in loving our neighbor that we not just serve our God, but we come and we complete that enjoyment that comes from our Lord alone that uses our blessings not to keep on to, but to freely give and to give a thanks to our Lord. And 1 Timothy gives us some specific ways how we can do that very act of giving. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and willing to share. It may seem strange to you to positively mention the word good works in the Wisconsin Lutheran Church, but it's not out of place. Because whenever any Christian does anything according to God's will with an unselfish motivation, they do that good work. And to be rich in them, as we're just told to here, well, that means that it's a regular habit to do these wonderful things. To be generous and willing to share means that we are willing to give of ourselves the very blessings that God has given to us so others can delight in them just as we ourselves have. And in many ways, when we look at this whole idea, how can we use our blessings to serve God, it's summed up in Jesus' own words, how it is more blessed to give than to receive. And you don't have to look very far to see how true it is that it is more blessed to give than receive. Why here at Grace, every Sunday morning, we have an opportunity to show our thanks to our Lord with our offerings. And if you forget on Sunday morning, there's online giving, which is working 24-7. So you can delight as you participate in carrying out the cross and spreading God's word with our community right here in southern Arizona. There are many fine organizations in Tucson that can love our neighbor that we're not set up to do as a church family to be that salt of the world. 
And don't forget those individuals that you personally know. Who you can be God's helping hand, friendly face, encouraging word, and a word of promise to. As you share the love of Christ with them in a personal and authentic way. But no matter what combination you choose to do of these, know this. That money is not the Lord you're serving. It's the Lord himself you serve with the blessings he's given to you, such as this tool called money. We often have a love-hate relationship with this blessing that God has given to us because of the discomfort and the division that money often broods. And yet it is not inherently good or bad. It's a tool to serve a purpose. As we Christians consider our purpose to thankfully serve our God in everything because of all that he has done for us, we see money as one of those tools to do that very thing. And what a wonderful tool it can be. We start with a content heart that is satisfied with what our Lord has already blessed us with so that we view money not as the one we're trying to serve, but rather as a resource and nothing else to serve our Lord with. With a heart that is in the right place, we then look at these blessings and consider how to use them in service to our Lord. For it is better to give than to receive. And by loving our neighbor, we can do that very same thing as we complete our enjoyment and, show, and so share the, where, share the love of Christ and the word of what he has done, about, done for us along the way. It's through this all that I pray that we may always keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and all that he has done for us and given to us free of charge so that we may thankfully and freely serve God with the blessing he has given us of our money. Amen.